and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal86, and uh, we are joined by three other hosts today. We have Nerd Bomber, we have Technic, and we have Nerd Bomber's Cough. Welcome to Nerd Bomber's Cough. Can you cough for us? Uh, that is weak. There you go. We'll get a better one. Look, guys, she's got a bad cough. Okay. It'll probably be edited out. You know, we have some good editors on staff, but just I want everyone to know what's going on in Nerd Bomber's life, and uh, that's that's part of it right now. So uh, we're here. We survived daylight savings. Some of us fared better than others. Did we, though? That, it's a little that, too early to tell. Is that fair tell. to say? No, because we're still in the early stages here of whether we're going to adjust without succumbing to seasonal depression. And too early to tell. Jury's still up. The darkness is encroaching. Well, I'm not talking about seasonal depression. I'm talking about, look, there are some people on this show who feel very strongly about daylight savings. Well, actually, this and one was daylight losings. Because there's people on this show who feel very strongly about daylight losings. That's a, that's a very good correction. And I would use the word irritable, just irritable about it, just not in a good frame of mind about it. And uh, understandably so, I will say. There's like a lot, like, how, how has it not changed yet? I think we talked about this last year. Everyone complains about it every single year, and yet we're still doing it. Who do we need to talk to, like, as a society? I don't know, but it's a bunch of hooey. And it needs to stop. I said we don't talk to anyone. We just take matters into our own hands. And we say, this is when we're going into work. This is when we're leaving. And if we all do it, they can't stop us. You just say you don't observe. Your business doesn't open until 9 o'clock. Well, guess what? I'm showing up at 10 o'clock. No customers at 9. Your business doesn't close at 5. We leave at 6. Or you leave at... No, because it only cycles one way. I was like, what... Yeah, okay. I was absolutely correct in everything I said. You, Yeah, you, math, you mathed it out. Daylight savings happened. Uh, time, time is a construct. You had a good Halloween. We had a good Halloween. We're all still here. And we're going to talk. We're gonna ha- we have some video game news today. We're going to be talking a little bit about Blacktail on PS5. We're going to be talking about a video game movie that was announced on Netflix alongside an adult animated series. And we're going to be talking about a beloved Disney classic that's getting a facelift. I, I, I think that's an appropriate term. And I think we can dive into that one first, because I have some things to say, as I often do. We're talking about Hercules, guys. I don't know if we've talked Hercules, about Hercules, Hercules on the show before, like as a, just as an institution of the 90s. But that's, is it fair to say that's what it was? It was, it was a juggernaut. I still have my Hercules plate at my parents' house. I you guys still remember find those? So do I. Singing Hercules. I ha- yeah. I think I have the Hercules plate here in the house. I'm not positive, but if it's not oh, here... Oh, like, like you, you took said, it with you. Parents. You've like I think you grew I'm up taken. and you took it with you. I have an Aladdin cup. Yeah, I have some stuff. Who was on your plate? Which because there were like multiple plates. This is a very important question. Who was on your plate? I had Pegasus for what it's worth. I had the man himself, Hercules. There was something I don't remember what exactly it said, but it was like something about meat and potatoes. Because like Hercules is like a he's like a you know he's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. He's a big dude. Look, Hercules was great. Okay, the music was phenomenal. Casting the voice casting was phenomenal. Go the distance. Probably I've my favorite Disney song. Of a far out place. That's all I got. <laughs> I think it's my favorite. So it's your with all favorite this said, Disney movie of all my time. My favorite song. Oh, okay. No, no, it's my favorite song. I don't know my favorite <sighs> favorite Disney movie. Like it, it because de- it depends on what era we're talking about. We're talking like classic Disney, like the animated. You have to if you're talking about Hercules, you have to keep it within like the classic animation style, like the hand drawn. It's weird, but you know what? Definitely, like, the f- just a movie just immediately jumped in my mind. Yeah, I have, to, I have to make sure this is even a Disney movie, although I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, Oliver and Company. What a great... That was all Billy Joel music, by the way. You ever see Oliver and Company? I loved Oliver and Company as a kid. I haven't watched it in a very long time, but I remember being very, very into it. 
I was over the moon for Oliver and company, potentially because of the Billy Joel stuff. I really don't know. It's not my top. It was good, but it's not my top. I feel like it's oft forgot. Like if you talk to people, I feel like it's one of those things where like mentioning Oliver and company unlocks the memory of the movie, but most people don't think of it offhand when you think it's about this deep, It's a deep cut. Yeah. My top is Hercules and, your... and the second one is Aladdin, okay. which I'm, I'm nervous about this one because... Oh. See, mine is The Lion King. So I've already gone through the live action remake of this and I mean, it was fine. OG Lion King though, like, whew, great music. Simba was hot. Simba wasn't hot. <laughs> <laughs> she had a type. I'm thinking of all the great classic animated Disney movies. Another one that actually this one might be my favorite one. I think I can I change my answer. You guys didn't seem to like Oliver and Company that much. So I'm changing no, my answer I, to I maybe like a deeper cut. It's going to say Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound was no. so good. Ooh, so sad. It's a shallow cut. I was going to say it's emotionally devastating. The Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Okay. I see you. Is nah. That's that's an oldie so too. Like that's like a, it's that oldie. was like 80s. Like early 80s 86 yeah like well, it's mid 80s yeah a fantastic i mean i like sherlock holmes more on that later by the way more on that my it might what are you up to but like great mouse detective but yeah th- th- we're talking about hercules here and the inevitable live action hercules for which we do not yet have a trailer or any casting information anything like that but we got some and this qualifies as, as news Variety reporting. So Joe Russo revealed Wednesday that the forthcoming live action Hercules will push the boundaries of cinema. This is the Joe Russo, uh, like the endgame guy. One of the endgame guys. He cited the nation's obsession with TikTok as his chief source of inspiration for the remake. Experimental in execution, experimental in tone. I don't like this at all. <laughs> like, I this 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 is tough because I'm sure if you rolled back the tape right now, as some of you may already be doing, I have complained about remakes. In certain cases, I probably complained about them doing the same thing as what the other one did, which why would you make a remake? And I've also probably complained about them going too off the beaten path. Yeah. I, my biggest complaint with all of these live actions is when they go and get off with creative liberties. I don't like that. I like the original sauce was good sauce. Don't add sugar or anything. It was good sauce. You had the onions that added the sweetness. Don't add sugar. It's fine. The sauce is good. Leave the sauce. The sauce metaphors aside, w- like we should try and unpack what this even means. Because I'm not, and I'm going to defer to the wisdom of, of Nerd Bomber, and I think in part Technic on this. I am not a TikToker. My wife, huge TikToker. Myself, not so much. So I don't know. I mean, th- they make mention here of other projects that have actually been on TikTok. The unofficial Bridgerton musical, Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. I believe we talked about that on the show a while back. I, I guess I just don't know how you... It- it's so short form by nature. And it's, it-, it is an interesting form. I will I will grant you that. It's often very funny. I see funny TikTok- TikToks all the time. I'm living in 2022. It's just part of being alive at this point. But how does that serve as the inspiration for a movie? It's kind of my my very broad question that maybe you can answer. I have a couple different thoughts about how they're going to use it potentially as inspiration. So the first thought is the very obvious one. You referenced the Ratatouille musical, which was completely created on TikTok. Like people work together on TikTok to write music. And this was like height of pandemic. And, you know, they artists found each other to create songs and come up with a Ratatouille musical. Same thing happened with the Bridgerton musical. And I mean, we see songs being created collaboratively on TikTok all the time. Like someone will have good lyrics and a melody and they'll sing something and other artists will come in then and layer in drums or guitar or piano, what have you. And then obviously at the end, there's a 
final track that's really cool collaboration of all of these different artists. So they could, on one hand, potentially be looking to almost outsource the Hercules music because most of these live action things, like they don't completely get rid of all of the musical scores. In fact, they usually add new ones. So Maybe they're thinking in addition to the classic Hercules songs from the original animated movie, they'll see like they'll put something out into the TikTok world being like, hey, we're running a contest, write the best collaborative Hercules song and maybe it'll make it into the movie. So that could be one way. The other way, which is less good in my opinion, like I think it would be cool to have like a crowdsourced song in a movie. That would be neat if people get compensated properly. But I worry that they're going to try to create moments that will become trendy sounds on TikTok. So instead of, you know, building out a good story with natural humor, they might try to force fit these sound bitey type moments that'll go viral on TikTok. And that will be bad because a movie of just a bunch of like viral sound bites is not going to feel cohesive and it's not going to do well. There's existing Twitter discourse and, and for, for things that are far from the realm of Disney. I've seen Succession, which I love that show mentioned in, in this sort of conversation on Twitter. Same sort of thing. People complaining about when writing is clearly observed to be just writing designed to grab a soundbite or make a short clip that can be put on TikTok or like you said, made into a sound effect on TikTok or, you know, put on Twitter in GIF form. You know, like it, it's it is an interesting thing that's happening within the medium. I guess I don't know what I'm afraid of is is a modernization like when you say tiktok is going to play a role like it is it's influencing this movie i'm thinking immediately of like she hulk on tinder no like i don't think they're gonna modernize it to that extent it's it's a hercules at, at its heart is a period piece so i don't think you could do that unless they unless you're saying you think there's going to be a lot of the fourth wall breaking but I well think that's a different thing it really the only thing from she hulk that i think could work is that and that I think would only be if they did Danny DeVito's character and he played it. I think that could be the fun thing or specific, actually Hades. Hades was notorious for doing that kind of off the cuff kind of thing. So that would work there, but anywhere else it wouldn't work as far as fourth wall breaking goes. As far as anything else, like I said, it has to be stuck to the time. It has to be a period piece. I, would, I think it would struggle with modernization where I do think they're going to take the TikTok inspiration is making these these ballots. I, I like what Nerd Bomber said, where it's a in addition to the classics, as opposed to just completely bastardizing everything. I really like that line that you used because in addition makes me feel safe. But the biggest thing is there is time that's appropriate for these large lyrical ballots. But there's also Go the Distance is about him basically being alone. You can't have this choir of people singing with him as this this or this group of this this musical rendition because it has to be from a place of alone and helplessness and wanting to find your place. So if they... Yeah, here's my issue with that. Because whether, whether a, a ballad is called for or not, I think, as we've seen in the other live action remakes, it's immaterial. If they want to fill time and if they write new music, they need somewhere to put that music and they need screen time to put it in. And then you're just, you just have screen time for screen time's sake. I mean, I don't know what the runtime on the original Hercules was, but it was probably a palatable like 90 minutes. I guarantee you they're like, this has to be at least two hours long. And I hate that like inclination. And it's one, it's not just Disney that's guilty of it, but like I worry about this turning into some bloated thing that is, you know, adding new music isn't the worst thing in the world so long as you keep the original music. But like having seen 
Aladdin and Mulan, like, I do not remember the added songs at all. I remember some of the songs that, you know, have always been there because those are the ones that I should remember and will remember. The new songs, like, they're just fluff. I don't care about them. So if that is, in fact, the reason or the, you know, the motivation behind Joe Bruso saying this, like, that, that, that bothers me a little bit. That kind of leads me to my next point, which is this could just be... This in and of itself could be a soundbite. He could be pulling this completely out of his butt. And if so, he wins because we're talking about it. And like, it's a great way to energize a younger audience, you know, who might not otherwise care about a new Hercules movie. Now they're thinking, oh, it's going to be like TikTok. Well, I have to go. That is possible. I don't know how effective it will be. But again, we are sitting here talking about it. So maybe the answer is super effective. I just don't know. You know, music is definitely one avenue because of how much music is endemic on TikTok in and of itself. But like, I I just don't know how else like filming style. It just seems weird to me that Disney would be like, we're a multi-billion dollar company and we're going to film this movie as though it was a series of TikToks. Like, I just don't I don't think it's that literal of a of a thing to say that this is TikTok influenced. But maybe I'm wrong about that, too. I don't know. Any further thoughts on 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 this story any further thoughts on like i I would love to see danny DeVito come back casting wise i have no other input really yeah i think think, one thing that would be great i think danny DeVito coming back is a must i think the inspiration from tiktok is more for these the ballot style but as far as my thing that gets me most nervous is i didn't think aladdin did that well and we're 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 bringing back the same people who worked on aladdin to work on this and it just gets me nervous because we know that it was nice to see a more empowering side on jasmine's behalf which was great but the story itself didn't resonate that much with the audience and i don't know if if that was the reason why or if it just as a cohesive unit didn't work well so i'm just i'm a little nervous on where they're going to go with this if something is shoehorned in it will never resonate with an audience and it should not resonate with an audience i i just i don't know like maybe that's harsh of me to say but like i and you raise a good point that like the same people are back like i like guy Ritchie a lot uh there are things that he's done that i really really appreciate i don't know what he's doing with these like i don't i don't really get that I don't know. Hercules could work. could be good. It's just the track record right now is not such that I'm going to be excited about this, at least until I see a trailer that gives me some sort of reason to be excited. I mean, is that is that is that fair? Nerd Bomber, where are you at with this one? I am not a live action movie hater like a lot of people am. I find them very serviceable. Like, obviously, it's very tough to beat the original movie. Like it, no matter what kind of remake it is, whether it's Disney or another type of movie franchise, remakes are always hard when you try to like hold a candle up to the original. But I think they're pretty good for the most part. They're entertaining. I get what I want out of them. And I'm, I guess, looking forward to this. I think it would be cool if they did outsource like a crowdsourced TikTok song or something like that. I just, like I said before, I don't want it to turn into a movie where they're hoping to get a bunch of little sound bites that'll trend. That's just not. It doesn't make a good entertainment experience for everybody. It doesn't feel cohesive and it kind of sucks. We want to hear from you, the listeners. What do you think it means for a movie to be TikTok influenced? Are you excited about Hercules? Who would you like to see in Hercules? How do you feel about Disney live action in general? Let us know. At Online Warriors 1 is our main show account. I am at OW Illegal 86. We have at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. Hit us up there to start a conversation about that or any of the other topics that you will hear about on today's show. Moving right along, let's move into video games. Let's talk about Blacktail. 
Now, uh, Blacktail is coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC via Steam on December 15th. So this is, I want to mention that up top, like this is very soon. We got our first gameplay trailer for this. I believe it was the day we're recording this, November 7th, although I could be wrong about that. In any case, not a huge window of time there. There was a lot to digest in this trailer. You get some... You get some definite... I got Horizon Zero Dawn vibes. I actually got some Metroid vibes from this. Not in terms of, of, you know, visuals nor story, but gameplay mechanics seem vaguely Metroid-y. You didn't Um, get the really staggering vibe that is Fable? I've never played Fable, so that may just be a blind spot of mine. That is a game you Personally, my take on this, my unsolicited take on this, you know... I think the gameplay looked great. I loved the look of the skill tree, which we saw very little of, but the parts that we did see, I was very enamored with. I like bow combat enough. I do not care for the graphical style of this game. And, really? You know, that I don't. In particular, and this is going to sound really nitpicky and lame, but like, what the heck is with those stars? <laughs> They're like cartoon stars. Like, it, th- this is a game that it's it's half cartoon and half not cartoon, and I want them to pick one. I think that might be what my problem is. And also, I feel personally attacked by this game because I, too, had to wear a wooden mask for a while because I was deemed too ugly when I was younger. I literally... So, he still wears the mask today. <laughs> when right, they said that in the, the trailer, joke. I literally said, I hear that, Ella. <laughs> yeah. Been there, done that. No, I, I, I do think, I think the story is interesting. I think the combat looks interesting. I just, I have, yeah, I, I, I have my own set of issues with the graphical, not, not the graphics themselves. The graphics themselves look very good, look very next gen. It's more so the very specific stylistic choices that are on display in this trailer. But I want to know what you guys thought about it because I I think it certainly looks like it's worth a look. From an aesthetic standpoint, I actually really like this. I played Kana Bridge of Spirits last year, and it kind of gave me the same vibes in terms of the aesthetic, where it's like very artsy, realistic, if that makes sense, where it looks very beautiful, very put together, but it also has that like cartoony, artsy style, almost like a Pixar-ish type art style, if you will. And so I really kind of liked the art style of this game. This is kind of like up my alley. I like stuff that looks like this. I feel like this art style too is one of those things that first of all, I think indie studios can really pull off a more timeless look. Like you don't have to worry about this looking super dated in like five years or so. You don't have to worry about spending a lot of time on like detailed polygons. I don't really know what goes into like the the rendering of stuff but i'm imagining there's a lot of polygons and i feel like this is a lighter way to make games look beautiful without having crazy rendering power involved that said fable and black and white were two of the things that i was thinking of while i was watching this trailer like tactic mentioned you know having the good versus evil sort of thing and being able to choose your path i mean we're recording this on n7 day mass effect day that whole game I fell in love with because your choices made a difference or at least felt like they made a difference in how your game would I'm play. I'm surprised you're here. I'm right? surprised you're not like observing, <laughs> off observing the holiday somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but, but go on. But one of the things that I really liked about that game and a lot of other games like Fable and Black and White is, you know, having the ability to have a completely different gameplay experience than someone else based on the choices that you make. Like even when Tactic and I were watching the trailer, he was like, oh, I'm going to be a bad witch elf person for sure. And I was like, why would you do that? I would be a good witch elf person thing. And so like even just watching the trailer, we had different approaches to how we will play this game. And I think too, the different 
aspects of this game. It seemed like there was a lot of magic. You could do spells and stuff. It showed you could do like evil dark magic and like suck blood out of people. Or you can just like bop around with a bow and arrow. Like I like being able to kind of explore in my own way and maybe have it different than what you did or Tectic did. And I, I don't know. I'm very, I was vibing with this game and I really also like mystical things. So this is up my alley. Yeah, let me be clear. I didn't say bad witch. I said, I'm gonna be a bad bitch was what I said. So much so that Cardi B would be proud. We're gonna have to bleep that. We're gonna bleep that in post. The other thing that I really liked about this and resonated with me is I feel like there's like an, an overarching message based on like how it started with like you wore this mask and I feel like the overall message is gonna be if you're a good person, you're good insides will reflect on your outsides and you'll be a beautiful person on the outside and vice versa if you're a bad person it's you're only going to get uglier and it's going to be this whole like holistic message about inner beauty which i think is neat the other thing that i really liked about it yeah like you said the, the magic the the art style i think it just it all jives and, and makes it really cool there even, even seemed to be a little bit of puzzle elements in there which you guys know i go cuckoo for puzzles not cocoa puffs puzzles and so, yeah, I 100 percent. This is this is one that I'm going to play and I'm probably going to enjoy and I'm going to be a bad witch. I yeah, where I fall on that, by the way, I think I would also it, look if you're going to be a witch, be a witch all the way, baby. That's my but I, like I animals, animals. I'm not out here trying how, to how kill deer. Animals? I don't want to leech the blood and life force out of deer. I'm Come here on. Like, I'm num, 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 num. Heathens, both of you. I always respect and appreciate games that make it clear, especially at, at the jump like this game does, that your choices and, and not just in the direct sense of like talking to, you know, little creatures or whoever you talk to and you're like can i have five ants and you're like no and they're like oh no like that's a very direct line between your choices there are other games where i feel like i mean there's still a direct line but it's a little bit more subtle and i always use dishonored as an example the more people that you wind up killing the harder the game gets on you and the worse the game gets on you and i'm not saying it has to be that much of a encouragement to do one thing or the other but i love games that reflect the choices that you make in terms of the general environment it sounds like this game is going to make strides towards doing that i also definitely like the point you made nerd bomber about kind of kind of kind of timelessness and wanting to have staying power you know people talk about cel-shaded graphics that way all the time of of their they they kind of hold up right and and mm -hmm making the you know the sharpest next gen graphics will be good for a year or two and then they'll look dated you know and and there are exceptions to that rule of course but like making a strong graphical choice in the way that this game made while it might not be my cup of tea i can certainly understand and respect its its desire to do so just on that on that set of merits alone so i i think that's a good point this again december 15th this is very soon so if you're interested be on the lookout for probably more some more you know marketing content in the meantime but that is a little over a month away so could be an early christmas gift for you sounds like it'll be an early christmas gift for tactic and nerd bomber both they live in the same house they can share stuff you guys, you guys share, right? Oh, of course. It's the most economical way to game. That's how we buy all our Pokemon games. I was going to say Tactics being very quiet. I don't know if you like sharing, but... No, it's actually right before the show, we were actually discussing what Pokemon game we were going to have for the household because we only have one Switch. It doesn't make sense for us to get two different Pokemon games versions in, within the same generation because we can't even battle each other so we might as well just you know have individual experiences on one but it we have to go down and sit down and see the differences and pick which one we want to invest there's a whole in. pros and cons list i was an unwilling participant in that discussion 
a bystander, if you will. And it was like they were speaking a different language. So, yeah, I guess let us know where you land on that. In the meantime, we are going to move into the break portion of our show. But before we do that, I, of course, would like to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. He's going to be joining us again on the show here real soon. That is one of the many benefits he gets as a knight sitting at our square table. He supports us at the knight level on Patreon. That is the highest of our three levels of support. And as a result, he gets this producer shout out on every show. He gets the occasional guest segment, which I just mentioned. He gets input into the weekly the weekly quiz, which this week Nerd Bomber will be hosting, I'm sure to lose again. I guess I shouldn't be that pessimistic, but that's what seems to happen most most weeks. He also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog. There is also a squire level of support, which is not quite up at that night producer level, but it gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. More details on all of those levels of support over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thank you again, Stephen. You guys all want to be like Stephen. You want to be a knight. So noble, so valiant. Again, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for the details. We'll take a short break now and we will come back to discuss Gears of War. Hey, welcome to the last comic shop podcast. A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics. Yep, each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic. Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh, yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms to the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Gears of War, getting a movie and an adult animated series on ye old Netflix. We've talked about this before, I think, in some respect, but it's now becoming, I think, somewhat more official. Well, the Gears of War movie has been like talked about, but not necessarily anything super official. Like it's been development hell, it feels like forever and not linked to Netflix. So this is like news. Right. Feels very much like something that should be a thing. Has been stuck in development for 15 years. The person who I was going to suggest for Marcus Phoenix in our typical casting discussion, Dave Bautista, has been constantly attached as Marcus Phoenix, which he himself has apparently described as a dream role. Adult animated series is one thing. Casting decisions there can be important, but aren't quite as important, I would say, as a live action movie role. Animated series, adult animated series, I'm not so much, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of them, but I don't go in for them as much as I think you guys might. See, weirdly, like this part of the announcement is what I think I am most excited about. Because like a movie, cool, fine, great. But an animated series, first of all, you get... It fits better. But I think you have more time to develop the characters. You don't have to worry about crazy special effects because if you don't know anything about Gears of War, it's a lot of crazy CGI if you're going to talk live action. There's alien races. You have chainsaw guns and lots of gore and violence. Squelchy areas that Mm. they're walking through. There's going to be a lot of CGI, and most of that will be irrelevant when it's an animated show because you can just draw whatever the heck you want. I mean, it's not as easy as that, but you don't have to have a huge CGI budget. You're drawing stuff anyway. And I also am excited about this because Arcane, which is the League of Legends show on Netflix, was super good. It was great. 
I don't think Technic and I expected it to be good, but it was so good. So and good. I, if they do something similar to that with Gears of War, dude, sign me up. One thing I want to say, RE, the squelchiness. I, I don't want to let that that point go by me because so I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but like Gears of War for me was the game that I wanted when I was a kid and my parents potentially smartly wouldn't let me get for a while because of the chainsaw stuff but you did get it eventually right i did get it eventually i played through the first one i think i relatively enjoyed it this was like many years later i got on the xbox 360 like after the xbox one had came out like it was like that vibe i started gears of war 2 i i don't think i kept up with it i that was where i fell off the wagon gears of war is best co-op if you didn't do it co-op then it's not as fun i did not the i think i struggled a lot in gears of war with the grenades i remember very vividly struggling with the grenades because they're those like swingy do grenades and those i I had a hard time with that but the point i wanted to make about the squelchiness is like when i was a kid i was like oh man the chainsaw stuff that is so cool and as far as a live action movie goes the prospect of chainsaw stuff like i am at a point in my life now lamely where watching the rings of power like someone gets shot with an arrow and they're like pulling it out and i'm like gagging like gore is not my thing anymore yeah it's it's like i like i can't look i'm like i tell my wife I'm like tell me when it's over and like granted alien gore is a little different but still it's like I've come full circle is my point. Like, I don't I don't need that in my life right now. Well, it's like it's alien gore, but it's not because it's like a lot of it from what I remember. Humanoid. Yeah. Like you're cutting through pods, too, which are alienoid. But then inside is like squelchy human bodies and stuff like that. And it's like you got to stop saying squelch. squelch. (laughs) It's it's a good choice of words. But my point is, I think that's another point, like plus one for the adult animated series i'm much more likely to be able to handle gore in that context yeah i i agree with both of you i think the adult animated series is like ripe for the pickings this makes sense we know the studio's ready for it we know it's going to be great there's no risk all reward stoked about it the live action one has a lot of problems so yeah you you have your issues with the core but i don't think that i don't think that's going to deter people i think people who want to watch it are going to watch it and be excited about it. i think they're going to do a good job there the thing that gets me nervous is the cast and you said dave batista and i couldn't disagree with you more really? why i think in theory he's the right body type for marcus phoenix the problem is that body type is used a lot with a lot of characters. And to find people that fit that same shape with a lot of characters, it's going to be weird. So really what they got to do is have more average built people in armor. And that would... I don't disagree with that at all. I feel like we'll end up getting some combo of, you know, John Cena... I don't want the whole WWE well, to be... I, I feel like What's... that's what it's going to turn into, though. And you're going to get The Rock and... I don't want that. Th- you're going to get Diesel. those, like, Vin Family. Diesel. I'm, yeah. I'm rocked out. I am absolutely rocked out. And not the like... The Rock, like, he, like, has a contract with Netflix, too, though, I think. Because he's been in a few Netflix movies. I think he might be on the hook for this. No. I agree. I'm rocked out, but I didn't. That might be happening. Terry Crews also has to be in it. Terry Crews. That one I can get behind. That one I can get behind. These guys are too charismatic, though. And they're all, like, funny. I don't want any any humor in this movie. There cannot be a single joke in this movie. Have you played Years of War? Well, a little bit, as I mentioned. Well, there are, like, like, full characters dedicated to... Comic relief. Comic relief. Like, there is humor in this and i think one of the things i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it i want gritty action but the, gritty alien action so i disagree so gears of war 
was probably maybe not necessarily the first game, but the Gears of War trilogy for me. So coming off of playing something like Halo, because Halo and Gears of War were kind of synonymous with like the Xbox 360 PK day, right? And sure. Halo didn't really have too much of a story, whereas the difference between that and Gears of War was, yeah, there was a lot of violence, but Gears of War was grounded in character development, a really heartfelt story. Once you got past that first game, there was a really deep, heart-wrenching undertone to everything that was going on. And having that interpersonal relationship with the characters where you do, like in every friend group, you have the guy that's comic relief, but then he experiences something bad and it sobers him for a little bit. I think that gives you dynamic, well-rounded characters, and I think that's something they need to carry over. It can't just be a gore violence fest. They have to lean into the cool characters that they've built here and the relationships between those characters, because I think the emotional undertones of the Gears of War story was part of what made that such a great franchise. People who have played through every game like you, and a lot of people, I'm sure, feel that way. People like me who have played through one and a half or people who haven't played any at all, but who Netflix still wants to watch this show, do not think that that's what Gears of War is. Like, on okay, its face, Gears out. of War is not that at all. What I'm just saying from a marketing perspective. What you're saying like, is not... the equivalent of me saying, hey, that Last of Us TV show, you know what I want? Just killing zombies. That's it. That's all I want it reduced to. Screw the personal relationships. I just want a zombie show. The difference That's basically is per- what you're is saying. Perception, though. No, you know, it's, I, think, I, think you're, I think you're comparing apples to oranges because I think... Most people know that The Last of Us is about a relationship between a, a, a man and the girl he's trying to protect. Yes, zombies are in it. I think outside of video game circles, people do not know that. People who are outsiders would view The Last of Us trailer the same way that they would view a Gears of War trailer as, oh, it's a zombie show. It'll depend on what the trailer looks like. I, I guess I see your point. I'm so I'm, Obviously, I'm so far into The Last of Us universe that I might not be able to see the forest for the trees. But like, I want you to dig out your 360 and play past the first game. I want you to, and it doesn't take that long. The games are not super long, but like this winter, do this for me. You don't always take my recommendations, but I don't really take them. Play the first three games. You don't even have to get into the new stuff, just the first three games, and you will be sucked into the story. I'm not going to say just as much as The Last of Us, but you will be sucked into the story. You will care about the characters more than just the violence. Yeah, you might be right about Gears of War. I mean, I, I, how many games are there? How many Gears of War games are there? There's five, and I think the sixth one is in production, which needs to come soon because the fifth game kind of ended on like a cliffhanger. But you can play like the original trilogy is kind of self-contained. The four, five, six trilogy is kind of like a continuation, but like different main characters. There's a giant alien war and they just focus on other people i mean there's it's a big it's a big world for them to operate within and well it's and more like the same can in be the said future. for the tv show it like wraps up so the original trilogy wraps up and it's like the next trilogy is like the future generation dealing with the the ramifications of how the first trilogy wrapped up i'm very into and another thing that like i'm i am excited about the movie in particular i'm into the idea of earth as a battleground like that just i think that's just always been cool like, and I don't know, there aren't many movies that do that. There are movies where aliens invade Earth and they're quickly pushed back and that's it. I want what I see, what I remember Gears of War giving us, which is an absolutely ravaged planet that's been ravaged for a long time and there's still people fighting. Like, I think, I just think that's a cool, and again, to me, there's nothing funny about that. It's just very gritty and dark and there may be comic relief characters within it, but I don't know, maybe I'm missing entirely what Gears of War is about, but it's also called Gears of War. 
So well, I, it's also it's not Earth. It's another planet called Sarah. But it's, it's not very, Earth. It's very Earth-like. It's like a planet. So basically, and this isn't really a spoiler. This is just like setting the stage. But where the game kind of starts is that humans colonized space, found a new planet, set up a society, and they, you know, there were no alien threats. But then all of a sudden, locusts come out of the ground and emerge and try to take back the planet. So what you're saying is any shred of credibility I had left in this discussion was immediately evaporated when I said Earth like three times in the last sentence. So you just got to go back and play the games. Mm-hmm. They're, they hold up really well. They're a really good experience. I feel like the third person shooter mechanics went on to influence a lot of other games. And it, it's, I found just, them it's something you got to just pop it on easy mode and play it for the story. I found, you know, I can't do that. We've had that conversation before. We had that conversation about um, Jedi Fallen Order. Had a hard time with that one. Okay, then I'll do you one better. Invite a brother over and co- couch co-op. Play it. <laughs> play it on hard mode no no yeah i think i found that game generally challenging from what i remember but i did beat it so it can't been that hard and like i've evolved since then as a as a person as a gamer and what better way to prepare for this movie and this show which neither of which have a release date by the way these to my knowledge these are very early development who do you think should be marcus phoenix or who i want to know the locust queen that's who i want to know who they're gonna can dude Kate blanchett Perfect. That's that's what the internet says would be the number one pick, but I don't know. Tony Collette. Give my girl Tony Collette more roles. That's true. Or I, I saw some other posts too, like fan posts where like Nicole Emily Kidman. Blunt or Nicole Kidman. Basically somebody who has like very sharp facial features. Yeah. And like pale. They're all very pale. <laughs> very pale ladies we just mentioned. Like, I think Tony Collette's not that pale. Let us know. Sound off on the, on the Twitter sphere. Let us know. It's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday, and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with ladies first. Nerd Bomber. We'll start with Nerd Bomber today. What have you been up to okay. in the past week? So I have talked the last couple of weeks about starting a Plague Tale Requiem. I've been talking the last few weeks about playing a Plague Tale Requiem, and I am having a, like, it's a really good game, but I am struggling because I'm a little burnt out. Like, I think playing it on the heels of finishing The Last of Us was a terrible idea. So for those of you who are not familiar, the original A Plague Tale game and also this one is focused on back in like the French Hundred Years War, I believe. And obviously the bubonic plague was everywhere, but they've kind of twisted it. It's like an alternate reality where instead of it just being a regular sickness, it's being caused by like evil rats that are connected to the main character's little brother because he has some weird like evil sickness thing going on and he can control rats. So they get out of control and they basically decimate entire cities and you have to, the only thing you can do to like beat them back is to use fire. And there's a lot of like stealth and puzzles because you can like launch little like fire starter things to light torches you can have a path of light so the rats don't eat you and then you also have to avoid like bad soldiers and stuff but like there's sections where there's also like soldiers government soldiers who want to catch you and kill you and you have to like navigate the rats with light but also not attract attention to yourself with the soldiers and so this game the sequel is pretty much more of the same except it feels much gorier than i remember the first game being Like, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a whole scene where you're basically walking through human dead bodies that are just like rotting on a floor and you're wading through them. Been there. And I have not been there, but now I have. Haven't we all? And there's like intestines and like rotting bodies and it's just very visceral. And I don't necessarily remember the first game being that gory, but it's not 
Like, I remember there being a little bit more uplifting moments in the first game compared to this one because it was very much focused on like the brother sister relationship that was going on. And you had you're basically playing as the big sister protecting her little brother, who is the one with the evil rat infliction disease. Right. And this game so far, you're kind of separate from him. And it's just there's just a lot of doom and gloom and gore. And it feels very hopeless. And putting that on the heels of The Last of Us, it's just a lot. And now you're adding in daylight savings time and that whole like seasonal darkness thing. And it's just very heavy and very tense. And there's so much stealth that I'm just like, it's very much like The Last of Us, where I'm always kind of like on edge. You can't make a wrong move. Otherwise, you're going to die and you got to restart. And it's just like, it's a lot. You sound like you need a, yeah, a stiff drink. We're here for you. Well, it's just, I think yeah. I probably should have. Like, I know I had the Rocket League interlude in there, but I feel like I probably should have, you know, stuck another like happier game or a game that's maybe just not as tense in there. Can I ask you one question? When you're walking through the dead bodies, would the term squelch yes there is squelching for sure and it's just like a lot of squelching it's a beautiful game the game mechanics have carried over from the first one still good storytelling still there it's just very heavy and i'm struggling and taking a long time with it because it's so heavy but that doesn't mean it's bad it just means that it's very heavy so that is the main thing that i've been kind of struggling through and i also did though start the new frederick bachman book uh the beartown trilogy the third book finally came out winners so i am starting to read that right now that is also like another spoiler it's another heavy book it's another heavy book though i don't know why i'm doing this to myself but it's if you know anything about the Beartown series like the whole series is kind of like emotionally heavy lots of gravitas so well i'm gonna i'm gonna take over then because i wanted to the book that i wanted to shout out maybe you've read it the midnight library i'm late to this party it's like this book that I came out last year. I have this on my Kindle, but I haven't read it. It's like super popular. It was like part of a billion book clubs, that whole thing. I started it on a whim last night and it started to emotionally like destroy me almost. Like it's not a spoiler because it's 20 pages in like 20 pages in the book. She does the main character commit suicide. So like that's just, you know, that's how the, that's going. And it's, it's, I feel kind of the same. Like we've talked about it off the air, but like I don't really like I'm not as affected by daylight daylight savings as i think nerd bomber is but it's also i'm a plant and i need sunshine like it's dark out let me read this book where it's just doom and gloom for 20 pages and then i have to go to bed it's like it's like it's just it's not a good way to live on a on a more joyous note on a more upbeat note watch enola holmes 2 which came out this past weekend on netflix we all watched enola holmes 1 i think we all liked it a decent amount enola holmes 2 if you liked enola holmes 1 is much the same thing so which means you know i mean i was i was in for the ride i was i was i was there for it you get a a lot of fourth wall breaking which i very much respect millie bobby brown's ability to do convincingly in that environment uh she she stays on that A, a solid mystery uh if not a little contrived at times it's it's i love a mystery and this this didn't disappoint in that regard one of the more interesting things this movie did which again not a spoiler it mixed factual like real world people into the story and and told a very interesting story in that regard so very into it very immediately clear that there's going to be a third one so and and like not that they like set up a direct sequel or anything but it's just 
they're going to keep doing this because I think it's probably very easy for them to do. There's probably a million. It's based off a book series. There's probably a million of them to to use, and uh, they got a great a great cast of people. Henry Cavill now less busy because he was unceremoniously given the stinky boot from the Witcher series. Although I think he actually probably quit that himself, which we didn't really talk about that on the show. But that was something that I think happened in the last week. So he's he's got more time now. It was pretty good. You'll you'll get exactly what you expect if you watched Enola Holmes. Tactic. Take us, take us home. Okay, so I got a lot of random little things. So still playing Breath of the Wild, still enjoying it, kind of. The other thing is we watched Weird the Al Yankovic story. And let me tell you, I had no idea his life was so crazy. And like, it just, I remembered when he got assassinated and all that other crazy stuff. My goodness, this movie is a, is a roller coaster. And it is just weird and weird al did it as as he would do it it is exactly what i would have expected a movie made by him to be so it's definitely a fun ride definitely enjoyable check it out i don't want to spoil too much love dan radcliffe yeah and and love him so much yeah he does a he does a great job portraying the character and just i i couldn't give it any more accolades the only problem is like where you can stream it it's like the the roku channel so it's like commercials and it kind of it breaks it up and makes it not enjoyable i don't like commercials in my movies i like to pretend i'm in a theater but other than that no complaints they got you right where they want you in that regard the other thing is i'm trying the one punch man workout and i'm just starting it with the push-ups and i'll let you guys know if i can do them all every day for three years (laughs) why is it not just one punch a day no, 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 no. He he wants to Wouldn't be a happy one. No, no, no. He wants to be a superhero, and so the way in which he he got the strength to be a superhero was to do this workout for three years, and it was so stressful on his body that he lost his hair. And so this is supposed to be like this crazy, super stressful workout. And honestly, a hundred push-ups a day is not that not that bad. Why are you Why are you doing it if it's so stressful? It's I don't not, want you to lose your hair. I mean, it's, it's fine so far. I haven't I haven't done everything. So I'm starting with the push-ups. Then I'll work into adding all the other stuff and we'll see how it goes. It's a good time. Keep, keep us updated. Cool. Well, Nerd Bomber, it's that time. This is one of those weeks, by the way, that the, I saw what the quiz topic was on our Discord channel and I was like, what the fresh hell? So this will be interesting. So this week's quiz topic is cranberries. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because we're getting closer to Thanksgiving season. And what is Thanksgiving known for if not cranberries turkey. i mean i i get turkey oh i get why like, i i understand why i just it's first it was weird well know. you're weird and we still have you on the I show am weird. so that's really true honestly that's <laughs> a really good point before i dive into this do you want to give us a recount of the standings as they stand boy do i have to nerd bomber 12 and 9 tactic 12 and 10 illegal 86 9 and 17 it's steven 2 and 1 uh, congratulations to steven having a winning record Clearly not as easy for for others on the show as it seems to be for you. All right. So let's dig into this. And as always, this is going to be Price is Right style. Whoever gets closest to the numerical answer without going over is going to be the winner. If you go over, you bust and you don't win. And we'll also let Tactic go first to give a legal a little bit of advantage if you can use that. I feel like we always give you the advantage and it never helps. But hey, maybe today is the day. 
I get it. I'm not very good at this. All right. Hey, you the won last year. So like, I don't, I don't know what happened to you, man. 2022 I'm is just, not yeah. your year. At this point, I'm just going into hibernation and conserving my mental strength for next year. I think that's just the best long-term strategy for me at this point, but I'll give it the old college try anyway. So let's do this. All right. First question. What was the total output of cranberries harvested in the United States in 2021 in pounds? Just pick a number, Tactic, any number. 15,000 pounds. Oh, it's quite a bit more than that. I'm going to say 100,000, which I think is still probably low. Yeah, that was very conservative, but you do get the point illegal. You stressed me out. 790 million pounds were harvested in 2021. Many, many more than 100,000. I was adding them and then she rushed me and then I would just said whatever number I was at. Boy, you totally... (laughs) (laughs) You were adding them what? You were really counting on your fingers. One, two, three. Uh, Okay. Well, whatever your strategy was that went wrong, I'll take the point. Approximately how many cranberries are in one pound? I love this question. This is a this is a, this is a true thinker's question. How many cranberries are in one pound of cranberries? Forty-eight. 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 There's one. There's one single cranberry. I think he busted. Tactic, your tactic didn't work. There are four hundred fifty cranberries in one. Four hundred and fifty. Four hundred and fifty. What? That seems like. How light is it? How I, point. I verified this against multiple sources. So this is a, a legit pound is point, like, but that a pound is nothing. Is it is it a pound of cranberry sauce? Because that I could buy. No, but that is the next question. How many cranberries does it take to make a can of cranberry sauce? Boy, it's gonna be well, I don't want to uh, attack to go ahead. Uh, boy, I, my my sense of cranberries is totally thrown right now. That put that on a t shirt. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna be a sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> he's totally he's panicking <laughs> it's 200 <laughs> um it's not as much as that i think i nerd bomber's got you on your toes and it's it's i'm gonna say one i'm gonna do what you did last time you know we laughed at him but he hit the nail right on the head <laughs> there's 200 approximately cranberries to make a can of cranberry sauce if you turn this around i'm gonna be absolutely furious uh but i guess that might as well happen you still have the lead don't worry yet it's two to one. Maybe not after this question, though. How many months does it take to grow cranberries? This is a short gestation period. This is uh, this is two months. This is very quick. So does that include flooding, flooding the bog and, and harvesting them out? Or is it just... Fun oh, fact, we have, an, we have a, a cranberry expert over so here. He's talking about flooding the bog. It just says how many months does it take to grow cranberries? I'm assuming to the point where they're ripe enough to pick. But also, like... Flooding the bog is not something that has to happen. You can pick them without flooding the bog, but the water makes it easier to do so. Flooding the bog sounds like a euphemism for something. Like, oh, I really flooded the bog last night, if you know what I'm saying. I'll flood your bog. I'm going to say three months. Yeah, that's just gamesmanship right there. I respect it. All right, so Tactic does tie it up. It takes 16 months to grow a cranberry, so... They're not worth it. It's two to two. They're not worth it. This is the last question and effectively a tiebreaker unless you both bust... What percentage of each cranberry is water? This is 73%. Uh, 74. Illegal takes it home. They are 90% yeah, water. There's also some air in there to the point where they'll actually bounce. See, this is why I call bull crap on your, your, four, your 400. 
because water is very heavy. But remember, they're very small. Remember, like a, f- a few weeks ago, or like maybe a few months ago, at this point when I, I like, I did, I didn't use the plus one at the end of the game, and I should have. And you explained to me afterwards that I should have, and I was really mad about it. I internalized that, and I did it correctly this time. So I won a quiz. This is this is unbelievable. That moves me to the fantabulous record of 10 and 17. Tactic moves to 12 and 11. So uh, Nerd Bomber moving a little bit further out front. So there's I guess. four cups of cranberries in a pound. You're going to tell me that there's 400 cranberries in four cups. Dude, I verified on multiple websites, including, I don't remember the exact name, but there is like a United States Cranberry Growers Association and they said the same thing. So Someone's being sour cranberries over there. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Well, hey, next week I'll be hosting the quiz, which is... That's going to be interesting because you guys actually, I mean, it's, you guys both have 12 quiz wins. That's like the Super Bowl of quizzes. So get ready for that. Even if she lost, she's still winning, by the way. You do have some L's. Yeah. If we're going on percentage, because you'll have more wins, but your percentage probably won't be as good. I think that's how math works. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard. Hit us up on Twitter. Handle previously mentioned in the episode uh, at Online Warriors 1 is our main handle. And uh, keep on, keep on keeping on, guys. The, the low light of winter is upon us, but uh, just don't play a lot of sad video games at once and you'll probably be okay. It's a good tip. Yeah. Uh, if you want to take us out with another one or is that is that our that's tech a, tip a for today? That's a solid tip. Solid tip. That's the one. Just stay, hey, stay positive. Don't play Plague Tale and Last of Us back to back. It's not good for your, for your mental well-being. And we'll see you next week.